This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. All live from New York Let's go. and the United Woo! States of America. We are through the group stage. It's first things first oh, on today's show. Oh, it's power packed. Special edition of the committee's tears. Will the Chiefs remain at the top of the best segment in sports television? Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers says he plans on playing against the Bears. Why the Packers should step in and sit him down. And finally, oh, America's team is hosting the Buffalo Bills. Why one person on the show is very, very confident in the baby goat, and it's not how you think it is. Uh, Chris Broussard, a little bit under the weather, so Super Bowl champion Greg Jennings is here. Welcome, Greg. Nick, yeah. how do you feel about, let's start with America's team, not the Patriots. We'll talk soccer America's team. Hey, yeah, let's it? do that. Nobody wants to talk about Bill's Patriots right now. We're going to talk about an actual, literal America's team. Also, so let's get to it. Also the Patriots. Okay. I think people were referred to as Patriots. But we're in the World Cup. Here is the goal that decided the game. Christian Pulisic, 1-0. We are through the group stage. Pulisic, unfortunately, injured. We heard some uh, little bit of concerning yeah. reports that we might not see him on Saturday when we play the Netherlands. But overall, great day for U.S. soccer. Nick, your reaction? Well, best day for U.S. soccer in nearly a decade. The, everyone remembers the iconic Landon Donovan goal to win the World Cup game in 2010. Mm-hmm. This is only the second win we've had at the World Cup since then. So American soccer fans and even just non-American soccer fans, just Americans that were swept up in it, should enjoy this moment. Also, and we'll get to the Netherlands stuff in a moment, but the U.S. just got through the group stage, and they have not lost. Now, have they played great? No. On offense, they didn't play well at all against England. They had opportunities. In the first match against Wales, they played very well for a half, not well at all for a second half. And, and this game felt like it should have been 3 nothing at halftime, and it was one nothing. They had to hold on for dear life. But they have not lost. Argentina's lost. Germany's lost. Denmark's lost. Belgium's lost. Those are four of the ten best teams in the world. They didn't get out of the group untouched. So embrace and kind of let this moment soak in if you are an American soccer fan or if you're just someone that loves great sports theater because this was unbelievable sports theater. Well, I am the latter and I have, I'm not going to sit here and act like I watch soccer every single day, but today I watched my first soccer match from start to finish and I had goosebumps. The energy was palpable. It was unreal and for me, you talk about Christian Pulisic. Mm -hmm. Look, about him potentially not being available. 
Take it from somebody who's done it before. Go inside the mind of a Greg Jennings and put the team on your back, though. Like, we need you, baby. Great play. Des, Wea, all the guys, congratulations. That was fun to watch. Okay, that, Greg was very passionate, I'll be honest with you. Was not helping my nerves. Greg standing by him saying, hey, well, Oh my gosh, what? <laughs> You're adding to the I stress of the situation. Uh, how do you feel about Netherlands? Worried? Okay. A little bit. So here's the thing <laughs> great opportunity. Good. I believe a win against the Netherlands would be the greatest moment in the United States soccer history on the international stage. Okay. We've only been, you throw out the first World Cup in 1930, we made the semis, his 13 team field. We've only been past the round of 16 one time, it was 0 2. The Netherlands has not lost a match in their last 18 times out. They have not lost since June of 21. Ooh. They are 13-0-5. However, the Netherlands, much like the U.S., failed to qualify for the last World Cup. Now, unlike the U.S., the two previous World Cups, they got to the semis and the finals. But those guys are gone. Robin's gone. Van Persie's gone. Mm. And going into this tournament, the Netherlands was the 8th or ninth ranked team in the world. The United States is 16th. If they combine... The defense that they exhibited against England throughout the entire game and the offense that they showed in the first half of this game with a little better finishing, yep. they can shock people and beat Netherlands. I'm not necessarily oh. predicting it, but it's not <laughs> insane to think of. I like it. You're going to have to deal with Virgil van Dijk, the Liverpool defender. But aside, it, it, it's a okay. doable contest. All right. That's, you know what? Good analysis from I play a lot of FIFA, buddy. Yeah, I am locked in. I play a lot of FIFA, and I gamble on all sports, man. You can gamble on soccer in the middle of the night. I know a lot about this. Stuff. Okay. We just don't talk about it. All right, from football to American football, last night, it was a special night because guess what? Immediately following Steelers-Colts, yeah. a select committee of scholars, academics, and fans of Patrick Mahomes convened in New York City to burn the midnight oil and concoct what is known worldwide as the best segment in all sports television. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Nick's Tears. Uh, Tuesday edition because we are off the air tomorrow, so if you're new to the show or new to the tiers, we first must start with the eliminated group. These teams are eliminated from playoff contention. You see the newest team to the eliminated group, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. Someone should maybe tell Aaron his team's been eliminated. Then maybe he'll let Jordan Love play. Also at the bottom of the tiers, the Texans are obviously terrible. Mm -hmm. That is a sad second-to-last group. The Broncos thought they were going to contend. The Cardinals thought they were going to contend. The Rams are the defending champions, and they are three of the four worst teams in the sport right now. All right, now to the teams that are still alive. This man deserves his own tier. He's the only royalty on the tiers. The prince that was promised, he gets his own tier. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Did you know... That the Jaguars are top 11 in the league in point differential while also having a top 10 quarterback can't be eliminated. Top by 11? Top 11. Well, they're 11th. What? All right. Four, seven, they're four. just not eliminated yet. I don't have a name. I don't have a place for them. They're not eliminated yet. All right. Next group. Two of these teams were in the go-away tier last week. Now they're in the still go-away tier. <laughs> Listen, Washington, Patriots, and Falcons. Hey, no, you play boring football. And if you take a playoff spot, which you might, from an otherwise exciting team. Everyone's going to be bummed out. I'm sure your fans are happy, but honestly, go away. Okay. <laughs> Signs. Hmm. You guys remember that movie? It was yeah. like really fun and exciting for the first like two thirds. And then at the end, you're like, the aliens are allergic to water? It all just fell apart. Well, Seahawks, Jets, Giants, fun and exciting first two-thirds of the season. I worry it all might start falling apart right about now. I think the Mike White fairy dust is going to wear off. The Giants are already starting to falter, and that was a tough, tough 
bad loss for Seattle this week. Not the standings. Wilds, these are the tiers. What are they not? They're not the standings. They're not the standings. And the committee will not be bullied into artificially inflating the Vikings and the Titans based on their record when we all know they have a very hard, not glass ceiling, but concrete ceiling with Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback position. Disappointing but dangerous. The Ravens, the Chargers, and the Bucks. The Ravens are disappointing because they have four losses. All of them, they've been up by nine or more in the second half. The Chargers are disappointing because they were supposed to be contending for the AFC title, and they're going to have to claw their way into the playoffs if they even get there. And the Bucks are somehow below 500. With that said, Greg, all three of these teams, because of their quarterback and because of the overall talent on the roster, would still be scary to play in the first round of the playoffs. I see you almost rolling your Come eyes, on. sir. We can't keep doing this. Doing we, what? We can't keep disrespecting them. And I don't want to sound like I'm the number one Vikings fan in the world, because I'm not. Well, but you cannot, start, you cannot continue to disrespect the Minnesota Vikings. The, the committee has not even taken into consideration the, the little slide envelope that I've tried to usher yeah. each and every one of them under the table. Oh, they will, take, I can't yeah. even buy no a bribery. vote for the Vikings. Nope. But let me let me in, let right. me tell you why you're disrespecting yeah. the Vikings. Because when you look at who you have above them and disappointed, yeah. the Bucks, yeah. and we're talking about what it's not, the standings, but we're gonna talk about what it is with the Bucks, talking about projections. Oh, they have a quarterback that's scary. Let's tell you, let's see how scary they are. Can we put up this full screen, please? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like when maybe. you look at the when you, when you look at this, what's scary? What's scary is 23.8 points a game, not 18 points a game. Hopefully, if they get to that, when you look at what's scary, you eight times you scored over 23 points. That's the Vikings. How many times have your Once. Bucks in that yeah. scary quarterback and offense done it? Once. Like I, I don't I, even want to continue with the stats. Yeah. The last thing I will say is your best two players offensively. They are not even on the same page. That's Tom Brady and Mike Evans. These are all. But when you look at the Vikings, their top two players, Justin Jefferson's left hand and his right hand. (laughs) It doesn't matter. When you look at them, he understands. Kirk Cousins understands. I got to get the ball to that guy. They're doing it and they're doing it at a high clip. They got to be more respected by the committee. Okay. Please. Let me just. So listen, the Vikings are going to win their division and might end up being. They could be the two seed. They might be the three seed. And the Bucks are going to win their division. I'm just curious. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, say, and you're right now projected to be the five seed, do you think going into week 18, if they're like, oh boy, if you lose, you're going to fall to the six and have to go to Minnesota. But if you win, you get Tampa. You think they might rest some people? You think they might say, oh, you know what? We'll, we'll, uh, we'll take that trip up to the snowy north and take on Kirk Cousins. I think teams will be more scared of Tampa. So that's what this is about. Well, it's that's what the committee disappointing is. Disappointing but dangerous. That's what the committee dangerous. is doing now. It's about, Listen, okay, they, okay. They talk to the committee members. Oh, I I'm will. sorry. They've blocked you because bribery <laughs> is not is frowned upon with the committee. Next. Peak too early. Uh, once upon a time, we called one of these teams September champs. And folks laughed. They said, oh, you're biased, you're afraid. And now we're proven correct. Philadelphia, 7-0 at one point with a plus 76-point differential. Last four games, 3-1 pretty good with a plus 11-point differential. Hasn't looked dominant. Buffalo, 6-1 with a 105-positive-point differential. Last four, 2-2 two two with a plus 5-point differential. If the championship was awarded in Halloween... They'd be your Super Bowl. Unfortunately, it's awarded in February, and neither will be playing for it. Next, 
championship weekend. Anything short of the Final Four would be a major disappointment for both of these teams. The Bengals have a really interesting opportunity to say, hey, uh, why, why is it the Chiefs AFC? Why isn't it our AFC? The Cowboys, on the other hand, have an opportunity to make a conference championship game for the first time in a quarter century as they have the longest drought in the NFC along with the Lions in Washington. And then the last two. Number of the last two tiers. Number one contender bowl live on Fox this weekend. Woo! Two of the most complete teams in football who, oddly enough, both of them this offseason desperately wanted someone other than their current quarterback to be their current quarterback. But despite that, they are two of the best teams in football. And then, listen, it's, it's beating a, you know, a dead horse at this point. Dynastically dominant. Okay. This team beat the defending Super Bowl champs last weekend by 16 points. They're nobody cared. Okay, well, I'm just telling you exactly. It, <laughs> you beat them by 16 <laughs> points. It's boring. It's no good. Everybody, last year I had to hear, oh, what? look, at uh, you, you, you beat the Packers, but it didn't count because Jordan Love was playing. Oh, now, all of a sudden, Jordan Love's pretty good. Like, oh, it seems like maybe Bryce Perkins really good. You go up against that Chiefs defense, all that. So, there it is. There's it's next week's tears. tears. It's an excellent tears. Thanks. And I would like to say, I 100% understand that the tiers, the committee's tiers, are not the standings. That being said, the Eagles need to flip spaces with the Dallas Cowboys for three reasons. Number one, it's a better bonanza when it comes to the Eagles. And I understand the Cowboys have the bigger brand, a little bit of flashier storylines. Here are the list of things that the Eagles are better at than the Cowboys. Well, winning, scoring points, gaining yards, converting third downs. What else we got? Red zone scoring, stopping yards, taking away the ball, completion percentage, passer rating. The Eagles are actually better in all those things than the Cowboys, but they don't quite want Odell Beckham Jr., so no. they don't get talked about even though they've won double-digit games. Reason number two, Jalen Hurts. Is he an MVP, or is he underrated, or is he a little bit of both? Jalen versus Dak. Let's just look at the raw numbers. Jalen versus Dak. Oh, well, what do you know? Well, it's Jalen Hurts should be firmly in the MVP conversation, getting all the headlines, playing better than Dak. And the passer rating's better. Like, oh, Jalen Hurts just running the ball. No, he's not. Throwing the ball better, too. And finally, this is a little bit of a bonus. Nick Sirianni, odd moment in the Colts game when he went up after beating the Colts, started yelling at the fans. Yeah. Maybe they were Eagles fans trying to fire him up. Maybe it's just the Colts. Uh, he just... yells at the other team's players a lot, too. I, I like, like that. Like that. So he yeah. said, this is for Frank Reich. Good leadership. He's like, I roll with Frank Reich. The Eagles player like, oh, that's good. If he rolled with his own guy, he's rolling with me. Strong leadership from, um, from Sirianna. We made fun of him because he was doing tic-tac-toe last year. But already, uh, I, I'm yeah. for the Eagles. Would like to flip flop him, please. I, uh, I wouldn't make him fun for tic tac toe. But oh, paper that, rock scissors, that's what it was. Yeah, that's all right. But that was paper rock scissors, whatever it was. Uh, but make, maybe make fun of him a little bit for needing a stirring comeback to, against Jeff Saturday in the Colts. Oh, that probably wasn't great. Hey, listen, I, the guys, I understand that in September the Super Bowl winner was the Bills, mm -hmm. and I told you guys they were a good but not great team. And right now. The Super Bowl winner is the Philadelphia Eagles because there is a zealot-like dedication to the standings across America, which is why the committee exists. The Eagles are a very good team with a dominant running attack. Their defense is banged up. Their passing attack is hit and miss. They're playing their worst football of the season right now. When you're supposed to be playing the best football of the season, we're very comfortable with the committee. That's the right. Okay. You know what? That's why they call you Mr. Consistency. That is why. Oh, well, wait for the Jeff Saturday take. Okay. Oh, if you oh, want yeah. some Packers, consistent. Shut down Aaron Rodgers. That's Next. Right. First things first. Stop right. it with this Mr. Consistency. Well, then you got to tell people stop calling me that. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not. Okay. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash FTF. netsuite.com slash FTF. netsuite.com slash FTF. Steelers over the Colts. Okay. Indy now is 4-7-1. Jeff Saturday now is 1-2. That's his record. He also is holding two timeouts that he didn't use. He's like, what's going on here? Should I call a timeout? Nah, I don't want to. He explained his rationale here after the game. Take a listen. I thought we had plenty of time. I wasn't really concerned. We still had timeouts. I wasn't too concerned. I really wanted to, I, you know, when he was going down, I couldn't tell where they were going to start him from going down, right? Like if he was going to get the first down and then we got there, um, I expect this to get on the ball and be and have another play um, a little bit quicker than that. But again, it wasn't a, this wasn't a press for time. We just didn't make enough plays. Okay, maybe. Maybe you're right, except today he came out and said, you know what? I wish I had that third down back. I wish I had called the yeah. timeout. Not great if you're explaining you're losing at the press conference nick your reaction all right my reaction is obviously jeff saturday screwed up almost as much as so many of our media colleagues so i would just i just i would tell a very quick story a few years ago daniel jones was drafted and the vast majority of us were like that's a terrible pick yeah that's a ridiculous reach by dave gettleman and then daniel jones came in a football game i think against tampa bay and had like three good possessions and the entire media Seemingly, aside from who, Wilds? Mr. Consistent. Correct. Mr. Aside C. from me, said, said, we owe Daniel Jones an apology. We owe Dave Gettleman an apology. We were wrong. And it's like, no, you were right. The guy's not a starting quarterback in this league and has proven out over the next few years. Everybody said Jeff Saturday was going to be in over his head. And that the poor 30-year-old kid that is all of a sudden has to call plays in the cauldron of a two-minute drill might all of a sudden get flustered at times. And then they won a game against Josh McDaniels, and the whole media is like, oh, guess we owe Jeff Saturday an apology. Maybe Jim Ursay figured some things out. Maybe it's all about motivation and not about X's and O's. And maybe it's not as hard as everyone knows. No, no, no. Turns out that actually having some experience flying the plane helps you land the plane. And I just want to show you a screenshot because they ran out of time in this game. They are past midfield. (laughs) There is two minutes and 51 seconds left. They have three timeouts. They ran out of time in that game. Not great. That, that wouldn't have happened in the U.S. Men's National game today, and the clock just runs. <laughs> and so the idea, all of it, Greg, because the other part of it is it's not just about saving time. It's also about giving your play caller time to take a breath Yes. and Thank figure you. out what is our best play. There but Jeff, go. Saturday, because... He's literally never had to think about that or do that. 
didn't know to do it. So I don't, I don't know that he cost them the game entirely, but he gave them a worse chance to win. Yeah, he didn't cost them the game, but he didn't put them in the best position to win the game. And by doing that is what you're talking about at the end of your statement. When you look at when he should have called timeout, it's after the third. It's going into the third and three. After that, you got to call yes. a timeout. And again, I'll go back to the sack. When you get sacked, as a player, you know across the board, quarterbacks are taught, you can't take a sack. Mm -hmm. You take a sack, what do we got to do as an offense? We got to call a timeout. We got to use one of our timeouts. In this case, you have three timeouts. So it really doesn't matter. You take a sack, you can call a timeout. You don't, you don't have to. You just show they were on the 44-yard the line with over two minutes to go. So you're, he's right. It, time wasn't an issue then. But where it became an issue was what you're talking about. It's third and three. Now, you call a timeout to get your best possible play. And on top of that, you prepare just in case you don't convert to where you have a good play call to go right into for fourth down. You don't take a, don't take a timeout in that moment. Everybody's scrambling. You're frantic. You're panicking. And this is what ends up happening. You end up blowing an opportunity. So he didn't cost him the game, but he cost him the best opportunity yes. to win the game. Exactly. Well, he also said, it's a learning experience. I did not meet my expectations. You know, I'm say glass of full. It's not like he's in the NFL as on nationally televised. <laughs> you ain't learned. Yeah. Not learning on the go. It's the NFL. <laughs> eh, why not? A Packers. Ooh, head to Chicago on Sunday. Who's the starting quarterback? Well, pretty simple. If you ask LaFleur, if Rodgers is healthy, he's playing. And today on McAfee, Rodgers said he got good news from his docs on the scans, and he expects to play. Greg, do you think this is a mistake? It's not a mistake that if he plays, but what, what I don't like about it is you, you put all the onus on LaFleur and the coaching staff now because you go on McAfee and you talk about your health and what came back medically. Now, when I played and when anybody plays, one of the things we don't talk about and give the defending or the team that we're playing a tip on is where we are status-wise from a health perspective. Mm -hmm. What he did now was put all the pressure now back on the Packers and their staff to say, you know what, Aaron wants to play. We now either got to let him play because he wants to play. He wants to finish it out. We still mathematically have a chance. They're not making the playoffs. You have a guy on your roster who you know you need to evaluate. Give him an opportunity to play some meaningful minutes when the pressure is not as high or strenuous as he's exactly. gone up against every single time he's backed up here. Okay, here's the Packers have lost seven of eight. Yeah. 336 teams in NFL history have lost seven of eight games. One has made the playoffs. In the NFC right Man, now, there's a chance. There are 16 teams. The Packers have a better record than two of them the Rams and the Bears, who are actually their next two opponents. And the issue I have with the Rodgers, who's very careful with his words, whether he's talking about immunity or when he's going to sit, he said, We're not mathematically eliminated. Even if they lose this week to the Bears, they won't be mathematically eliminated. And the next week they have a bye, and then they have the Rams game. If they, even if they lose both of those games, they are likely not to be mathematically eliminated until week 16. If they win one of them, they probably won't be mathematically eliminated until maybe week 17, even though they'll be dead. And the Packers need this time to play Jordan yes. Love. 
They again, I, I hate to harp on the same point, Wilds, because it seems a little nerdy, but the fifth year option window is this offseason. They need to be able to see him play. Not because they're necessarily moving on from Aaron, but to make the most informed decision possible. And for Aaron to hold on to this, if as long as we're mathematically in it, if they went five and oh, I do not believe they make the playoffs at nine and eight, which is the best they could do. Mm-hmm. And they're not going five and oh. And so it is I it, it would it's bad business for the Packers and it's Rodgers putting a little more pressure on them with the comments on McAfee to make a bad business decision. But what do you want him to say, Greg? Well, do you I, want him to say, no. like, you know what? I could go. I got a good scan. Absolutely not. But, you know, but it, we should give Jordan Love a shot. Absolutely ah, not. I should be a team player. Absolutely not. You can't say that. But you don't, say, you don't talk about your status. You just you defer to the team. This is, um, you know, I'm dealing with some injuries. I don't know what direction we're going. We're still we, – they haven't made a decision. Obviously, yeah. put it all on the floor. But what you did now was you said what you want, and it's all that's the issue. And I, Packer fans don't understand it. It typically is always about what he wants. Why? Because he's been so great. And I get it. He is elite. He is a Hall of Famer. But you have everything that you they need to evaluate on the table right now. Right. If and- you want to build your team, it's not going to be – Aaron Rodgers and, for the future. And, and Wilds, you say what do you want him to say? What is wrong with saying this? Listen, guys, I play football because I love football. Obviously, I want to be out there all the time. However, I understand that this season has not gone the way we thought it would, and we're in a very interesting spot because of Jordan's contract stuff. So if the team decides they want to get an extended look at him, I'll support them best as I can. And if they decide they want me out there, I'll go kick the Bears' ass like I have for 15 years. What's wrong with that? I mean, if he said that, I would be, I would be more surprised if he said that than if he sprouted wings. That would be pretty flew. impressive. He's like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I'd be like, wow, did you hear? Did you see what he said on that? Well, it's not that hard. Zero chance. There's zero chance he would say that. Zero. Uh, is Odell headed to Dallas? We hear from Jerry Jones next. First things first. It'd be nice if he said that. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, welcome back to the show. It's time for medals. It's a great video, also available on podcast. Uh, Lakers up 17, 9.30 to go. End up down one when Andrew Nemhard's three sinks Los Angeles. A lot of people are saying this was all LeBron James' fault, not me. <laughs> Mostly you, Wild. I did not. I... played an okay game, almost as good as Ben Matherin. Wasn't good enough to make the medal stand. Who no. did it better? Bronze medal, Devin Booker. 
44-8-6 in a win over the frisky Sacramento Kings, yeah. denying the great yeah. people of Sacramento the festival of lighting the beam over the arena. Silver medal, Chris Stapp's Porzingis. What? Oh, it's the biannual great Chris Stapp's game where yeah. you're like, hey, well, I remember when he was a unicorn. 41 for Chris Stapp's. And then the gold, Katie's best game of the year. 45-7-5. I, this is the second Nets game all year I did not go to. Because I stayed home to watch that terrible Monday night football game. It was a terrible decision by me. There's the medal stand from last night in the NBA. Good for you, though. I, I felt like I had to watch Because it. you offered me. I offered Greg the tickets. And I'm, yeah. I was You know who I didn't offer the tickets? That guy who doesn't return Thanksgiving texts. You know what Let's that is? go on. Mr. Consistency. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right, Greg. Check in on the Cowboys. Jerry Jones was asked about OBJ and whether he'd contribute this year or next year, which was something that was suggested by Michael Irvin. Take a listen. The things we do uh, to have him impact this year. So uh, this year has to be a big uh, big part of it. Now, this year's, of course, we have six regular season games in the playoffs. We've got, uh, in my mind, almost the whole show ahead of us. Yep. We've uh, got to have a situation where we can really contribute now. The whole show ahead of him. Though we don't have much show le- ahead of us, so I'll be quick here. I do not think he's going to play, and I do not think it is a good idea for the Cowboys to consistently, even if it's just to the media and their fans, I feel like there's almost going to be an osmosis into the, for the players of the belief of, oh, boy, we need him. Like Because then if he, you don't sign him, or if you sign him and he is not instantly able to contribute, which I think is likely given the injury history, there's almost going to be a letdown for a team that right now should be peaking, should be feeling great about itself. Yeah, well, I think they're definitely going to sign him. I think that's his, his number one option right now, and it is probably the best option. However, the production that they're hoping to get, it won't be there right away the moment he walks in the door. You're expecting the guy who's coming off an ACL injury who we saw it took him a minute to get it together, even alongside a true number one in Cooper Cup Mm -hmm. with the Rams and a a really good quarterback. So to have these expectations of he's just going to walk in and he's ready-made like we saw in the Super Bowl, that's unrealistic. Okay, so what is taking so long? Well, that's the – just – I mean, just – can't you just sign the guy? That's the other part of it. The idea that I, what I don't understand about the Odell sweepstakes, if you will, is why no one has just appointed themselves the winner by offering him $4 million. Yeah. Because everyone's like, oh, it's going to be a bidding war. It's not going to be a bidding war. He's going to be playing a month of football. You don't get paid for the playoffs, essentially. You get a little mm-hmm. bit of but there's You don't really get paid for the playoffs. If anyone really wanted him that badly, is Odell Beckham Jr. turning down a million, what would be prorated as one of the highest paid receivers in football, right? And you don't need the cap space if you have it right now. You, you don't really need I know you can carry it over, but you don't need it for the rest of the season. I feel like the Bills and Giants are handling this properly, which is like, yeah, of course we'll bring them in. Of course we'll talk to them. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll work them out. But we'll there's see. a little bit of like, whatever. Yes. Like, we're good either way, and it doesn't feel like the Cowboys are saying that. Honestly, the more I sit here and think about it, I, I don't know if Odell really wants to play this year. I think, right. you know, when you think about it, he's very mindful. He understands it's going to take him time for him to go into any situation, 
right off of this injury and have the expectations through the roof. Like he's not playing for, like you just said, he's not playing for a quarter of a season type of a contract. He's playing for a, he, he said it. I want to be able to establish a place as my home. Yep. Yeah. So that means it, it just, it's, it's more than just about it, this year. It's about moving it forward. It strikes me, and I like Odell a ton personally as a player. Odell and Jerry are the perfect match in this regard. I think they both like being in the news. And this has been a real, Odell's done a brilliant job throughout this of keeping himself in the news in a way a guy who's not currently playing almost never is. I just, if I were be- a betting man, which I am, uh, I would be betting on <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. to not have, I, I would set his over under at .5 catches for the year, and I would be taking the under. Wow. Speaking of betting, I have a question yes. for you, Kevin Wilde. Sure. Can we play the sound? Because oh. Wilde is trying to get out of this. Because this is our last show of the week. Upset alert this week. Yeah. America demands to have one. Your beloved Patriots hey. are up against Greg's beloved fraudulent Buffalo Bills. That's right. Just give it to them. Give the people what they want. The upset alert right now? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of interesting games. No. Oh, you're <laughs> Titans, Eagles? Well, that one caught my eye. You're a How about the Chiefs and the Bengals? Oh, the frisky Bengals. Supposed to be what if Pats, game. Bills? Thursday well, night. Thursday night? Yeah. Football? You're so scared. Why are Who's you so playing? scared? Why are Who's you so playing? scared? Because the guys. <laughs> Jeez, I'm sorry. I hope that's not on high definition. Because the guy threw nine touchdowns against us. And Steve Belichick's, the only, our, our only defense was Steve Belichick out there doing <laughs> weird, meat making memes. I'm terrified of Josh Allen. You that's how you're gonna, or, That's how you're going to end our no, week. No upset alert? Right after a World Cup game, maybe our highest rated show ever. You're not going to give America a big blustery Patriots pick? I'm rooting for the Patriots with all my heart and soul. I'm terrified. The guy—he's never. Wow. We can't get him to punt. We can't get him to punt. Wow. Speak is up next. Go Patriots! But I'm sorry. I'm a little.